You want to start a business, but you don't want to do sales. It's interesting. Sales is this thing that people connect to. Sleazy, slimy, car dealers, used car dealers. No one wants to sell. And yet, if you don't sell, you don't have a business. So how do you learn to become comfortable with sales? How do you learn to get sales skills? Because if you don't sell, you don't have a business. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. I have with me Christina from Fresh Print Media. Christina, welcome back to the show. Hello, thank you. Hello. I've been very excited about this episode about sales and learning to sales because last time that's kind of where we got to was building your dream version. The who do you have to become part was, well, I need to sell. If I don't sell, I don't have the business. Yeah. Have you had any thoughts since we last spoke about sales and what's going on here? I was excited for this because, I mean, we've talked about sales before and it's always, you know, I think sales is just, it feels a little dirty when you say sales. <laughs> it's hard to do. And the models of people that are good at it are all those very like television-y movie, like sleazy guys, you know, pushy over the top. So it's something that I think I haven't really gotten into as much as I should have and I'm not as comfortable as I should have and it's also interesting because we started off and really a lot of the things we've done is like I guess different functions or mechanics of selling but not we never actually talked about sales itself yeah because we started with marketing it's like yeah. how do you get the leads how do you contact people how do you send we did the episode with Eric Finnegan about sending emails we did lots of the marketing piece but we've never really covered that crux in the middle of sales. So if I say sales to you, what does it make you think? It makes me think, go out and sell things and make offers to people. <laughs> make <laughs> offers. Yeah. You want this rug for $50? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I think that's actually what people genuinely think of sales. And I do this experiment in uh well let's do it right now let's do it together right now there's an exercise i do at rebel business school i have my brother gave me a mont blanc pen for my birthday which is Ooh. a fancy fountain pen it was my 30th birthday it's a very fancy pen and imagine it's a it has a enamel inlaid barrel it has a platinum nib for the fountain pen. It has the Mont Blanc crystal on the top. It's called a Star Walker pen. It's like $600 of pen. It's crazy. <laughs> what I would like you to do, Christina, is sell me the pen, please. Imagine I pass it to you right now. Uh, sell me the pen. I'd be like, would you like to buy a pen? It's a premium high-end pen with a platinum nib and for beautiful writing. And a special occasion gift. My favorite part of this exercise is the awkward pauses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where people are like, what do I say? Yeah. What do I do? What do I do? So here's the bit. Here's the piece, the message from this is when people are asked to sell, they sell. And what I want to say, everyone to listening to this and to you, Christina, is stop selling and start asking. 
mm-hmm. stop selling and start asking because sales is about identifying a need or a want or a desire or a problem that you can fix. And the only way you can do that is by asking questions. But what most people do, and I understand this why, this is exactly what I did when I first started, is I rushed out into the world all excited, going, I'm going to tell everyone about my product and I'm just going to sell to them. And what you're then doing is just like broadcasting at them. You don't even understand them. You don't know who they are, what they do, what they want. Like you don't know what problems they have and you're selling So stop selling and start asking means find out about them. So if I were you in that instance and I was told, sell me the pen or sell me whatever, I'd ask a bunch of questions. If you were selling a pen, what could you ask? I could ask, do you need a pen? Do you need a pen? That's a very yes, no question. So that's uh, what we would call in sales. You've got two types of questions. You've got closed questions and you've got open questions. So do you need a pen leads to only yes or no. If you rephrased it and go, when do you use a pen? Mm. That's an open question that will get a whole host of different ideas, thoughts. Um, It could lead anywhere, could lead anywhere. And the purpose of those two types of questions, open questions do exactly what they say. They open the meeting. They help you discover information. You can learn about the person, what they need. So the open question is open. And the closed questions close at the end. Mm. So after you've learned all about my pen needs, you might start to say, uh, so what type of pen would you be interested in? Which is more of a presumptive closing question. Then you might say, uh, would you like to buy the Starwalker model or this model, which you've only given two options? Or when would you like to buy a pen? That's a very presumptive closing Mm. question that brings you into an answer. It's not an open question it closes you into something at the end. So if we were doing this for photography, the opening questions are, how do you produce the content for your marketing campaigns? What do you focus on in your marketing campaigns? What's the biggest challenge you face creating content for your social channels or your platform or your marketing campaigns. And that sort of gets people talking. It allows you to understand them. It gets you going. And then at the end, we start to ask, okay, so when's your next marketing campaign you're working on? Would you be interested in working with me on the content creation? There's a yes, no question. That's very direct. Uh, But you never use the closing questions until right at the end, after you've made friends, after you understand them, after you've connected. The challenge is most people think sales is selling and it's not sales is asking. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Instead of just, you know, jamming something at someone like, take this thing I don't even know if you need. (laughs) Which that's where sales feels scuzzy because you're trying to force something on someone. You don't even know if they need it. Whereas if you do this right, If you truly understand what their problems are, what they need, what they're doing, why they're doing it, if you truly understand that, the close almost happens naturally. And if you've done it well, they'll actually close you because you'll ask them all these questions. They go, okay, so this makes sense. It sounds like you can help me with this problem. How do we work together on this? 
then it's your chance to pitch. Then it's your chance to go, well, I can create this and we can do this and here's how it will work. Um, and they will ask you, have you ever heard the expression, the quickest way to be interesting is to be interested? Yeah. It's one of my favorite expressions in the whole world. In the early days, I worked really hard on my storytelling ability and my ability to entertain. And I would just like talk at people. And that's really hard to keep them in engaged. It's really hard to connect with them. When I stopped all of that and just started asking them questions, they would do the talking. They would get excited. And then after a while of them being excited, they would start to become interested in me. And sales is exactly the same as human relations. Like if you get excited, if you're curious about their business and what they do and how they do it and what their goals are, you get so curious about them, they start to go, okay, this is interesting. You seem to be really interested. Tell me, how do you do this? How do you work? How does this happen? And then they start to show interest back. Yeah. And then closing is so easy after that. Plus everyone likes talking about themselves. So. They do. They do. Um, <laughs> even I do. Even I do. I do find it my most uncomfortable subject when I'm doing talks is if I have to talk about myself. I can talk about sales, marketing, business, ad finitum, but then people say, tell me about your hopes and dreams, Alan. I'm like, don't ask me that. Let's talk about sales. Anyway, um, so that, that sort of reposition of sales from forcing it upon someone to I'm going to be curious about them. And have you ever heard the expression of qualifying a prospect? I've heard about it, but I don't really know what it means. <laughs> well, the idea behind that term, the prospect is like a prospective client, someone you might work with, someone you're interested in, someone you think needs your stuff. And then the idea is you qualify them to see if they actually need you. And you do that by asking a bunch of questions because there's going to be companies that don't need your service. For whatever reason, they don't need your service. Maybe they don't produce materials. Maybe someone else that does it for them. Maybe, I don't know, why wouldn't they need you, Christina? I feel like everyone needs you, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, there's some people who don't need your services. They have it in-house or they... Just use stock photos or something. Yeah. So then you ask the questions at the start and you go, okay, so who produces your content for your marketing campaigns? Yeah. How regularly do you run marketing campaigns? Do you use stock photos or do you create your own bespoke images based on your bottles and your products? That's an interesting question. It gets you some information immediately. But what you're basically doing is going through a series of questions to find out, does this person need me? <laughs> do they do they need me? Do, do, do we even work together? And the idea is you're qualifying whether they have the problem that you fix. If they don't have the problem that you fix, send them on their way, save them time, save you time, move on to the next one quickly. If they do have the problem you fix, then you can dive in, find out more about them, learn, and then start to sell to them eventually. But we kind of need to qualify a bunch of people to learn. Do they even need us? That makes sense. So how do you get them to, like, how do you qualify them? What do you, like, I feel like it's hard to start a conversation with someone to get that far. 
you know. So it's hard to start the conversation even from the beginning. Well, I don't know. What do you do? You just like message them and be like, hey, curious. I have a question. Like, (laughs) where, you know, like, where do you get your content? Do you just message them? Like, or, you know, just, or, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Where do we even start? Yeah. (laughs) Just like maybe the same way I have been, just reaching out. Like, well, there's two types of qualification. Okay. Uh, first type of qualification is the stuff you can do on their website. Like yeah. you can look and you can go, okay, they have X number of brands. They do this, they do that. I know that's roughly puts them in the ballpark. That gives you enough to know, like probably they do. And the second type of qualification is you can't do it yourself. You need to ask them directly. And that's the getting into the questions, getting into the conversation bit, which that when I was doing it happens on the phone, mainly business to business, business to consumer. You might do it when they walk into your store, when you're running a stall, you might do it on social media and ask them some questions. Like they reply to one of your posts and you go, do you do this or do you do this? And you're kind Mm -hmm. of qualifying them by asking them questions, but business to business phone phone. Mm -hmm. Well, in COVID times, video call. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm going to go phone, and that means video call yeah. or connecting online or whatever it is. But it's the phone. We need to get to chat to them. If we can get to chat to them, we can ask a bunch of questions, get to know them, get to learn about them, find out about them, and then we can qualify like down this list of criteria, which kind of comes back to one of the very first episodes we ever did together in our season one, which is what's your dream client? What brands do they have? How big are they? What do they produce? Then that makes up your list that you ask questions to find if they fit against the criteria of your dream client. Then you can start to go, this sounds cool. You're like the perfect person I want to work with. And then ask them a bunch of questions to find out about their pain. Yeah, it's kind of tying back into the beginning. So I guess that's actually makes the calling more comfortable to me that I'm not trying to be like, hey, did you see my email? You want to hire me? It's more like, (laughs) hey, I sent you an email. I want to ask you, you know, who creates your content or how you how do you create your content? Like that's more comfortable to me to ask them about what they do. Yeah, it's also easier for them because they do it every day. Those are questions they can ask and they also don't have to say no. You're engaging them. Um, So you like ring them up, say, hi, I'm Christina from Fresh Print Media. I sent you the email. I'm just really curious. Do you create your own content in-house or do you outsource it and then let them answer, let them say, uh, and they might say, why do you want to know that? (laughs) Which sometimes if they're a bit direct, they will say, why? And it's like, well, this is what I do. I create content for brands. But before I sort of tell you what I do. I just wanted to understand if it was even relevant to you. Like, I don't want to waste your time. I want to save your time. Do you create your own content? Do you use agencies? Who do you work with? You can ask a bunch more questions, but you've kind of then set it as in, I'm actually doing this to save you time, make your life easier. And I got something exciting for you if you do do this. If you don't, then thanks very much for the phone call. Do you know who else I would talk to? Mm, No, but your face makes it look scary. (laughs) He's making a scary face. 
<laughs> but that's the kind of question at the end. Like if it's yeah. not right for them. Oh, should I know, you know who else I should talk to? Oh, in the question. Okay. I thought you were going to suggest there's someone else I should be no, contacting. No, I was no. like, oh, who is it? Terrifying. It's like the end of the call. The okay. End of the call. <laughs> like, well, is, like, are you the person or is there a better person? Yeah. That so I can if bother? you don't create your own content, if this is not something that you do, do you know who else I should speak to in the organization? And they might say, well, actually, none of us create content. We use this one agency. Oh, cool. You use an agency. Do you know who I should speak to there? And sometimes they'll say, like, just ask for Dave. Sometimes they'll say, just give him a call. Sometimes they'll say, like, they handle all of that. Like most of the times, people are quite happy to, like, help you. Sometimes they just want to shut you down and get you off the phone. But it depends on what day they're having. And you can never know that until you just make a call. But all of this sort of happens in that particular bit in the middle. Okay. Interesting. So how do you feel about this? What do you, what have, what has struck you? How does this feel at the moment? Um, I mean, it makes me, it makes the idea of phone calling much more comfortable to approach it this way. I think what I want to help you to do, Christina, is see sales as a process. Yeah. It's not just a thing you do on the phone and try and get them to buy in one phone call. Like it's a process with multiple steps. And sort of step one is the introduction, getting attention and getting them on the phone. Step one. Step two is the qualifying the prospect. So do you even do any of this stuff that I sell? Is this even relevant to you? If yes, continue. If no, ask who else do I speak to? Step three is what you might call discovery. Okay, so I know you probably have a rough need. Now's my time to ask questions. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with ideas for your content? How do you generate the images? How do you create your accounts? What has been your most successful campaign to date? And how did you come up with that? Did you create that? Like you could ask them a bunch of questions that get them excited. You learn about their process how they work is the discovery and you want a few questions in there about the problem that you're fixing so there has to be some pain focused questions of so what's the biggest problem you have with content creation at the moment have you worked with other product photographers before and when has it worked and when has it not worked that'd be interesting Mm -hmm. to know when it's failed yeah um and it's only after you've discovered about them that you would then start to say, well, okay, like based on what you've told me, like this is what we do. We do this. We take the photographs, we edit them, we put them together. You get the content you need. When's your next campaign? And you kind of then like give them a little pitch (laughs) and put it back to them. And then we sort of get into the stage of, okay, like if you've got an active thing, like I'd love to work with you on this. And then like, it'll go lots of different ways. And you can see the further away we get from the start, the more it branches off as in like, they could say this, they could say, that sounds great. I've got the project coming up. Please write me a proposal. Mm -hmm. They could say, I've not got anything at the moment. Contact me again in three months. Uh, You could say to them like, okay, you've not got anything at the moment. When should I call back? Yeah. But we have to start to close down at this stage into what's the action from this call? Uh, Where are we going with this? And ideally, it ends with, this sounds fabulous. 
if you can give them a price on the day and like get agreement to go forwards, that's great. If they ask for a proposal, that's okay. It's not ideal because you have to then send them a proposal with pricing options and then chase them for an answer. Yeah. And that's never fun. But it should feel at the end of the call like they want to work with you. That's how it should feel. It shouldn't feel like they're saying, sometimes people say, send me a proposal as a fob off, as a Mm. like, leave me alone, just send me a proposal. Then I can just email back and say, no, get away. But you will feel that. You can feel when someone's excited and wants to do it. And you can feel when when someone says no. Get rid of you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can feel that definitely. And I felt that a lot of times. Okay, you don't want me. I guess that's interesting to the question. Like, I think I think the question you mentioned is really interesting. Uh, like, have you worked with other product photographers, and when did it work? When did it not? Because it might also be that question might be revealing is like you know if there's any red flags for them as a prospective client as well. It might tell you something. You know? Oh, it might tell you something really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like we worked with this one photographer and they were really bad because of this, this and this. And you have in your head, oh, that's exactly what a different client did to me. And I hated it. Uh, it could tell you all sorts of things. And you might even be able to help them and say, that's interesting from a photographer's side. Here's probably what happened. Yeah. Um, and at that stage, they're either going to say, well, we definitely don't want to work with you or... <laughs> that's interesting. Tell me more. How can I avoid it in the future? Yeah. And I, if I could give you the sort of top tip on sales, sales is basically the process of finding someone with a problem and fixing it. So we're looking to help people. And all of these questions, all of this process is to uncover, do they have the problem you fix? If yes, then we can sell to them. If no, mm. then we move on. But all of this is about do you have a problem and can I help you? It might be information. It might be this. It might be that. But I'm just going to help, help, help. And then I will close and ask for the deal at the end. How do you close, Christina? How do you close a, a sales call? How do you close a sales meeting? How do you close a sale? Mm, you ask for something tangible or like not tangible, but like actionable. Tell me what that is. How do you ask for something actionable? Um, you, something, I think you, <laughs> like something that would lead to a next step. Cool. So what's the next step? Um, I That's guess actually it's... a question you could use. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can say to them, it sounds like we've got something we could work together on. What's the next step? And then they have, because then you're having them kind of almost do the work for you and tell you at that point. Yeah, okay. Well, depending on the size of the company, they might have a procurement process, they might have something else, there's all sorts of things they might have. And actually, by saying that, you make it really easy for them to say, well, actually, the next step is, I need to speak to Dave, I need to organize this, we need to sign a contract, like it could be anything. Uh, So what's the next step? What do we do next? Like, I'm really excited about helping you with this project. What's the next step to making it happen? What's the key after you ask the question? For you as the salesperson, what's the key? You ask the question and... You get an answer? You're silent. Oh, okay. Like it doesn't matter how uncomfortably long the pause is, you do not say anything afterwards. Okay. I have heard that. 
or versions of <laughs> versions of that. Like especially in in any negotiation, you're not supposed to like you should stop talking more. You've got to stop talking. Absolutely. Uh, so the question is, what's the next step? Put your hands over your mouth if you're not on camera. Uh, pinch something do anything but you just kind of say what are the next steps what do we do and that is it there are other ways to close there's other things to do one of my favorites was all you need to do is say yes and i'll take care of the details and they kind of go okay let's do it and go great i'll send you an email with what we're going to do what you're going to do just reply with yes i will start this i will start that the one thing i need you to do is X. And it's that kind of like you go into the mode of saying what's next. So you can change it around if you want to. And it depends whether they know how the process, you know, the process of what to do. But I always like that question. Like, I'd love to do this project with you. Just say yes, and I'll take care of it all. So yeah, I guess if they just say yes, then yeah, I feel like that's tricky. I feel like there's still so much like room for, you know, they could still drop off, right? I guess anyway, oh, yeah. everything could always fall through. So what's like from that? Yes. So let's say we're on the phone. We're having a chat. You've asked that question. They say, yes. Uh, what do we actually need from that point? Uh, their social security number, their <laughs> firstborn. <laughs> no. Okay. A check. Um, okay. What we kind of need is depending on the size of the client and size of the deal, is confirmation from them, like a written confirmation. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I always used to do when I was selling training courses. And I'd sell training courses, and they were anywhere from, I don't know, two to 20 or 30 grand deals. And depending on the size of the deal, I would send them an email afterwards that said, okay, here's what we've agreed. Here's the dates. Uh, all you need to do is reply wow. that you confirm this and I'll get on and make it happen. And I just needed them to reply saying yes, because that is enough for most smaller deals to have them replying in writing saying, yes, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And the foundation of any sales is trust. So if you got a yes from them, you're excited, they're excited, and you both trust each other, it's easy. If you have a feeling they're going to pull out... <laughs> then there's no trust. Yeah. And that's a really dangerous thing. Then mm. you've got to start to try try and tie them down to a proper contract, all that other stuff. And the expression I like to use at this part of the sales process is the size of the contract you need is directly related to how much trust you have. Yeah. The less trust, the bigger the contract. The more trust, the smaller the contract. So I was working with Microsoft for probably 12 years or so running presentation skills courses. It was a high trust environment. The contract was an email that said, yes, booked for this date. Oh. Now that, I just sent them like, I'll do this court, these dates done. Uh, here's the price. And they would reply saying, yes, that was it. Then they'd send the paperwork through later. But that was all I had. I didn't need anything else because it was high trust. Yeah. With other clients, we've had to have bigger contracts and it never goes well. When you end up down to the contract stage, it's never going well, but it's that contract piece. So sales, 
finding someone who needs what you do, qualifying whether they actually need it, uncovering what their problem and pain is, getting into a conversation, offering them something, closing for the deal, and then getting some sort of confirmation. How does this sound? There's probably not many revelations in what I'm saying here. No, not, it's not, yeah, it's not outlandish. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think um, it's ever, I've, you know, really thought about it, like the the process of it. Like all the individual pieces, maybe. Like I've thought about asking questions, but not necessarily then closing on top of, you know. So we talked about how to learn sales. We've actually done a lot of the actual stuff. Um, There's a whole host more to sales. Sales is a fascinating and deep subject. Learning sales is about learning these skills and then implementing them and trying them. And I don't just mean once, I mean like 50 <laughs> times. Yeah. Because uh, some people learn a question, they go out and try it once and they don't get the response they want. So they never use the question again. Like if you, if the question doesn't go perfectly the first time, is it the question's fault? No, it's just like, you're not going to succeed every time you do something, right? So that's your, that could be the one out of five that doesn't work. Does any sales process have a 100% success rate? No. Nope. None <laughs> whatsoever. And all we're doing is looking to increase your chances of making sales by doing it in this way. You'll have more chance to bond with them. You'll have more chance to connect. You have a better chance to feel like you are ethically selling and not forcing stuff upon people. And we're just looking to increase it. So we need to test it, test it, test it. and. If you're building a business, sales is not something you do once and then forget about. Sales is something you will continue to do throughout your career as you build your business. So why not learn about it and get better about it so that you're more successful, your clients are happier? Yeah. And it's really interesting. If you sell well, your chances of doing a good job are higher and your chances of having a happy customer are higher. Why do I say that? Most people just guess what a customer needs and just sell them whatever they've got. Then they deliver it, and there's a chance that's not even what the customer wanted. Yeah. If you do it this way, you ask them, okay, so if this project was successful, what would it look like for you? And they'll tell you this equals success, this equals success, this equals success, and you go, great. Then you go away and do it (laughs) and you go back to them and say, these are the things you said that was success was, here's what I've delivered. And you've got a far higher chance of being successful, them being happy and you being rehired than if you just guess what they want because you know best. And then like they go, actually, that's nothing like (laughs) what I wanted. You should have asked me more questions at the start. You should have learned more about me before we even started. Yeah, that makes sense. So we've got to apply this stuff. Go on, sorry, I interrupted, Christina. It also keeps you from wasting, I suppose, both of your times with the qualifying and, you know, just knowing, okay, well, that's the wrong tree to bark up or not the right time. And then you're not still bugging them. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it just saves you time. It's like, oh, you don't, you're not even interested because you'll never use this. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Who else do I speak to and move on? 
and you saves you so much time because I think what people try and do is they try and sell to everyone. It's like not everyone is going to buy for you. I don't care what your product is. Even if you sell the most delicious cupcakes in the world, there are a bunch of people who are gluten intolerant mm-hmm. and don't want your cupcakes. Like just ask them questions before the start. I don't care what it is. There are people who don't need what you do. Ask them a bunch of questions to find out. Save you time, save them time. How do you feel about this? What are your thoughts on sales, Christina? Feel good about it. They, um, I feel emboldened to try phone calling again. Ooh, I love oh. it. Um, yeah. I want to get good at selling, even though it seems like a lot of work. i tell you what though if you want to do work that makes a difference in your business learning sales is it so i think there's two elements here one how are you going to implement what we've already talked about and test it and two how are you going to continue your sales education i think for the um implementing i think one of the things with the emails I'm sending, I can, as I revise and change things, I can look at, are there questions in there that are, you know, kind of asking the same things like about their business or this or that, like maybe something that would be more likely to prompt a response and then following up with phone calls. And that I was also thinking I could use it on like social media, like Instagram, reaching out. That might be a good way to strike up conversation with whoever's managing social. Be like, oh, where do you, you know, hey, I just want to ask, where do you get your content from? Are you the person to talk to or can you put me in touch with the person to talk to? And that actually helps. That would help my process of finding contacts because sometimes you're not sure which department, which person, which company, like they're all so different. Who is the person? that would actually even know that or does handles that. So that might help, you know, direct me to the right people. I love that. Mm. I love that. And the comforting thought to me is that if people talk, you know, if they bother to, if they don't want to respond or talk to me, then I'm not, then that's fine. But the people that do want to talk are the people that potentially need what I have. And so they're not like annoyed. They're like happy to, potentially have a problem solution definitely especially if they're trying to dream up content for their next campaign whilst you contact them yeah and they're like oh i'm so glad she messaged oh and then to continue learning i don't know maybe look into some books or youtube videos so can i am i allowed to set you homework for this bit yeah cool so number one look up brian tracy sales on youtube Okay. And watch some of his videos. Okay. And number two is either download the book or the audio book or whatever it is, uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. It is the cheesiest American title you could imagine. However, the content is excellent. That's a very American name, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> It's an excellent book. He had some fabulous ideas. It changed the way I looked at sales completely. Those would be the two pieces of homework on learning sales. Okay. And what I'd love to do is next episode for you to come back, maybe the Brian Tracy 
videos and tell us what you've learned. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and for everyone out there listening, sales is such a critical part of any business. It brings in cash, which is the life flow of your business. If there's no cash coming in, you don't have the lifeblood of the business to be able to do things. Like sales generates the life flow of your business. And if you stop selling, sales stop coming. <laughs> The business stops growing and things go downhill. So we need to find a way to get comfortable with sales, get excited about sales and get out there and find customers that we truly want to work with because sales is how you build a business. Sales okay. is very scary. Um, and like I said, it's it's just a whole new thing, like, you know, trying to really, you know, I, I'm like I'm really do kind of want to be good at it. I think that would be cool. And I think it would also be the key to making more money. I mean, obviously, but it would just be cool to be good at sales in a nice way, not a sleazy way. Yes. <laughs> nice sales is far more yeah. comfortable for all of us. Um, okay. So we've got direct action on the books and the content. What's the direct action on the other side? Like, what are you actually committing to? Because last time we spoke, you committed to a Facebook, a LinkedIn, and an Instagram post on your personal accounts. Yeah. Um, I am intrigued. Before we go on to what you're committing to, did you do that? How did I it go? Did, what happened? I posted on Facebook and LinkedIn. I didn't post on Instagram because I'm about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I posted and people responded and, you know, liked things. And so it was good. Cool. I got some new followers. I've actually been noticing in general a lot more engagement on, like, because on my Instagram, it's been on my business Instagram, you know, it's pretty regular and I have someone that does engagement for me. Um, and that's in general been going, well, I had someone reach out about my rates and from Instagram. So you know, I've been noticing a lot more like legit commenting and not spamming stuff. So it's good. It's growing slowly. But I did post on the other things and that went well. So maybe cool. some people that previously did not know what I do. So what are you going to commit to on the sales front? What are we actually going to do? Because it needs to be not a nebulous, I'll go out and yeah. try sales because that'll never happen. It's what are we actually going to do? Uh, so I'm going to reach out on, <laughs> I almost love the nervous laughter. Yeah. <laughs> I just had this image in my head of myself, like going outside and like, let's do sales today. <laughs> like, where are you going? What are you doing? Well, who's, whose suit is that? What? <laughs> yes. You don't have to wear a suit to do sales. It's sales. okay. Yeah. <laughs> in a monocle. Maybe. Okay. I love that. Um, so I'm going to reach out to the. Uh, this is, it will actually be a good kind of experimentation because I'm putting together a new list of companies, um, all that have canned beverages. This is, that's my, my next list is 20 companies with canned beverages, like, like seltzers. Yeah. So, um, I can just reach out to them off the bat and ask on their social, like, Oh, Hey, who's, where do you get your, content are you the person that handles it or is there someone else i should talk to um so i can use that new list as my little experimentation and ask that question and that might also help me fill out 
those fields of who I need to be contacting anyways. Yes. Um, and then I will get back to calling. What does that mean? Well, I will call the people that I've been emailing. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then I'll ask them questions. I'm going to write myself a list of potential questions. Just I feel like I'll feel more prepared. Go, ah, you know, have something to draw from. I love that. Yes. Because sales is all about the questions and the quality of the questions. It makes such a difference. So I think that's a fantastic way to do it. Okay. And then make some calls to the list of 20 companies. Yeah. I love it. Concrete action. We have concrete action, Christina. We know what we're doing. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) And that is what I would ask everyone listening to this to do as well is come up with what are your concrete actions for what you're actually going to do to sell your business. Who are you going to ring? Who are you going to message on social? What questions are you going to ask? How are you going to continue to learn sales? Like specific actions that you can do this week alongside Christina and I to take action on your business and grow it. That is the key. And then tune back in to the next episode where Christina will be telling us what she found out on YouTube about sales. And we will be talking about what happened, who spoke to you, who didn't, and what happened. Sales is the key to building your business. So stop listening to us, go out there and start selling. Well, making phone calls. Yeah, asking questions asking questions. Stop selling, start asking. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. Please start selling because that's how you're going to build your business. The Rebel Finance School is back. I'm so excited. (laughs) My wife, Katie, and I are here. We are bringing back the Rebel Finance School for this year's version, RFS 2022. And we will be running for 10 weeks helping people to get control of their finances. Can't wait. It starts on Monday, 23rd of May, uh, runs for 10 weeks. It's completely free. It'll be online, runs every Monday for 10 weeks. And we're excited to help people figure out how much money they have, how much money they spend, how to talk to people in their lives about finances and how to look after the money that they have and how to build wealth and start to invest. Can you answer these questions? How much am I spending each year? What is my annual spend? How much am I saving? What is my percentage savings rate? When can I retire and will I have enough money to live? What is the investment strategy for retirement? What's my net worth? Like, Can you confidently answer these questions? If not, then you've got to come along. All you need to do is go to rebelfinanceschool.com, sign up, and Katie and I are giving away our 10-week course. This is our way of giving back after we've reached financial independence. Yes, we've seen that the way that people can get in a bit of a pickle with money, we want people to avoid that pain, and it's our way of giving back and helping people with their money. So please tell your friends, your grandmum, your babies, everyone. Rebel Finance School is back. You can find it on the Rebel Business School social media and share it there, or you can find me on social media and share it there. Just please tell people about this. We want to make a genuine difference in people's finances with the cost of living crisis, with high inflation. Now is the time to help people take control of their finances at Rebel Business School.
Let's do this, Alan. Sign up, rebelfinanceschool.com. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.